boys, your boy scooter eaters ready to test. <laughs> Are you ready to test? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, look, I said I, I did everything I could to be ready to go right on time because I already asked you to delay a day. True, and I, then I delayed you by making coffee. Well, that's nothing. You're the one. You're, I will say it this time and this time only. Credit where credit is due. You were the gracious one. <laughs> the only time I've ever been gracious. <laughs> well, I, I could definitely can't count without taking my shoes off the number of times you've been gracious. <laughs> I'm the scorpion from the scorpion and the frog. This is my nature. It's your nature. You're right. But sometimes you're out of character and you say, that's okay. We can we can flex. And then you wait for me to later hold it against you. And sometimes they do. That, and that's what makes us friends. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just keep rolling here. It looks like it's recording fine. Okay, sure. How about, sure. All right, so I thought instead of starting it off strong with a song today, I would start by, with a poetry reading. Uh, okay, I, I'm here for this. Are you excited? Okay, I thought I'd class up the show a little bit. Just maybe Okay, just... I mean, I got poems too. Okay, well, after I'm done with my poem, you can read your poem that you wrote today. Uh, sure, some haikus. <laughs> Our friend group used to write a lot of haikus. That was one of the like activities yeah. we would do over text messages. Would be write some haikus. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> me, me, me. Pumps and a bump. Pumps and a bump. We like the girls with the pumps and a bump. Pumps and a bump. Pumps and a bump. We like the girls with the pumps and a bump. Just when I thought I hit another soft spot, up jumped the stiggities with the pumps and a bump. Boy, stiggity, stiggity girls getting on my good nerves, looking like ice cream ready to be served. Stretch it, bend it. Could I get in it? If you want to kick it with a G, baby, bend it. Because I come equipped. Read my lips, baby. You can slippity slip out your clothes and take a trip. Pumps and a bump. (laughs) Pumps and a bump. We like the girls with the pumps and a bump. Finn. Yeah, and scene. And scene. I, you know, back, for those that don't know us, back in the day, Joey and I used to work at a summer camp together. And every year we would choose a song in the summer. Yeah, yeah. We would. <laughs> And uh, I guess this is the song of the summer 2020. Usually the song of the summer was a, a contemporary song, you know, and a good most of the time, a good song that was on the radio, perhaps, um, or on some album we were crushing. But in this case, I think this is a fitting for t- summer of 2020. <laughs> I come equipped and he was proving it in the music video. <laughs> yeah, I come but pumps and a bump, no many say a big butt, but if you're hip, you know it's a phone crud. Who, I I mean, I would think that, I think I know a lot of slang. I've never heard anyone call it a phone crud. I don't what, even know. What is a phone crud? What word, what is that first word? Spell that first word. What first word? Phone crud? Yeah. F-H-O-N-E. Phone crud, okay. Phone crud, right. C-R-U-D. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't produce dead air, I don't know what will. <laughs> that is that is I that song was out. You brought that horrible song back into my mind. I had forgotten that that existed. 
I was I was pleasant pleasantly you know back to retconning MC Hammer as being you know having the the great one hit wonder you know can't touch this well and give him a little bit more credit than that he did do the soundtrack for the Adams Family Values he did he had some other hits too but you know they do what they the, want to do say what they want to say live how they want to live play how they want to play <laughs> <laughs> I just this song is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life <laughs> and it's him trying so hard to be tough you know like being the tough gangster rapper guy you know like that's that's they were trying to rebrand him but it's like I don't know so it's like my dad trying to be a gangster. He was so soft, even Suge Knight couldn't make him hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could dance. Um, yeah, he could dance. I was I'm in sure fourth grade when I saw him descend in a in a crystal ball from the, the skyline of the uh, what was it the uh, McGee Tyson Auditorium? No, the McGee, McGee Tyson is the airport. Thompson Bowling Arena. That was the oh you went arena to see, that, you saw him see Hammer in concert. I saw him in concert, yeah. What year would it be? Would it be pre-Pumps and a Bump? Oh, yeah. It was okay. 1994, it was 93, like height, 94. Height of his prowess. like Yeah. Hot oh, ticket. yeah. Hot ticket. It was a hot ticket, yeah. He was a big deal, man. People forget about that. Him and Vanilla really Ice was. were like the two mega star rappers from that era, you know? As far as like crossover appeal. Look how far we've come. Yeah. There, yeah. So, so what's up? What up? This is Why don't you introduce this show? This is episode 139 of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we ask the question, what's the hype? I'm J-Ho, and with me is Groove. Hey, yo. Gave you a little half step of a, of a yeah. dead air. Just enough to think, you that, to think that I was going to pull it. To fake me out, yeah. yeah. Um, just got Just made some coffee. Drinking some coffee. Drinking coffee at five thirty on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, why not? I got stuff to do tonight. Yeah, yeah, stay up. Yeah. What What are you doing tonight? Playing cards online. Oh yeah, is this a tournament? It's a tournament. It's not the big tournament. That the, the big tournament is going to be in September. They've told us now. They haven't told us the exact date, but they said it's going to be in September. So, how long is the um? How long is it going to last tonight? Uh, two hours at the most, probably. Is that if you do well? <clears throat> yeah, if I do poorly, I'll just drop in the event because at a certain point you can't win enough to make it valuable to stay in. Yeah. Once you can't get prizes. You know. So you're playing more than one round? Probably three rounds tonight. Okay. And they go so faster three, online. Three rounds is going to last two hours? Probably. In person, it would probably last three, three and a half hours, but over the, the computer makes everything faster. So Yeah. Because okay. it handles a lot of the stuff. Right. The, yeah. The, the nuts and bolts of it that, you know, the humans slow down, the computer makes it go fast. So, yeah, it's pretty quick. It's like my lo- my local shop's little tournament they do. Every, it's called Friday Night Magic. They do it at every local shop across the country. But ours is virtual right now because we can't play in person. So, yeah. do it on the computer. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Something to do. Um yeah, so I'm doing that. So I don't have to stay up super late, but I usually stay up late anyway. But I, coffee yeah. doesn't really affect me. Coffee gives me a little bit of a boost to like survive the next two hours or something, and then it just completely falls falls off for me. I'm not the same. It, so it still works for you? 
Well, I mean, I have uh, – now we're really getting into coffee talk. Um, coffee talk. My usual is to drink a, a, a full-on French press every morning. Mm. Like that's the standard. Um, if I'm going to be coaching uh, at night, then I'll probably have a one cup of coffee at about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Mm. Um, but also on days that I train, which is Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday – I will have this like pre-workout, which has like 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. Uh, so that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a lot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll have that at like one o'clock. So I won't have anything after that. Gotcha. Can't do it. I do the old mocha press, uh, mocha pot. It's mine. On what the is step. that? It's the, it's the little Italian, uh, percolator thing. Oh yeah, you put it on the stove. You put the coffee in the bottom, and then it bubbles up through yeah. the bottom into the top. It, it's similar. To, it does the same thing as a French press. It's just a little bit different process. But and tasty. It's good. Tastes good. And tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I did a bag swap, a bean bag swap with old uh, Delaney. Oh, he sent you a bag, and you sent him a bag. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'm. I'm into that. He's you know what I mean? Like, I'm into that. He sent you some folders. Top, yeah, he, he sent me some JFG. <laughs> he sent me a That's can. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, we both we both really into this uh, naturally processed bean light roast, and and he's been uh, you know really in on this uh, local roaster there in Western North Carolina, and he's like, I really want you to try this stuff out. So I, it was my idea. I'd be like, Well, you can send me a bag. I'll send you a bag. Yeah, that's a good idea. What's up? Yeah, try it out. I'm, I've been, I've, I've always been a dark roast guy, but I started getting into the light roast more, a little more. Well, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound uppity. <laughs> okay, but if you want to taste the coffee, you want to get a light roast. Yeah, the light roast, yeah, it's the, the yeah. flavor, yeah, the flavor. So I, I started, you know, I wasn't drinking coffee the past couple of months, and I've started drinking like one cup oh, every like great. three days or something. So, yeah, yeah, like now it doesn't like completely wreck me anymore. I think that like I was just overdoing it. So it like it's enjoyable and it doesn't make me feel bad. So I'm just kind of like easing back into like maybe having one cup a day. But right now I'm having maybe like two or three cups a week. I'm just thinking how incredible it is. People listen to this podcast. I mean, this is the kind of content they come here for. I think. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Joey's back on coffee. Well, when I said I was making coffee, I'm sure that you know the purists out there were like, "He quit coffee. He quit. He quit." I've got it in my show notes from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know when did we start recording again, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. It's time is a flat circle now. So, uh, um, so have- I got I got one piece of housekeeping. Okay. And I'm putting him up as a nominee for number one fan this week. All right, because I didn't think we had one. Well, see, there you have it. People, These people come out of the woodwork. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So a guy I used to coach wrestling with, well, I shouldn't say with. He was the head coach, and I was the assistant coach. Lives down there in Knoxville, Tennessee. His name's Donnie. Assistant He's a longtime listener. I don't, I don't know if you remember his name, but he would listen back when we used to record. Hey, Donnie? He's been, hmm? His name's Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, we knew each other growing up kind of casually because uh, <laughs> our sisters, our older sisters, used to clog together, which is just like <laughs> a, you know, that's a real East Tennessee wow. kind of thing to say. And um, 
he went to a different school than I did up, you know, through elementary, middle and high school, but we'd always see each other at wrestling tournaments and we kind of, you know, we'd, we'd be friendly to each other, but we weren't like exactly friends. And we weren't like the way the culture was in East Tennessee wrestling. It was like, you weren't really allowed to be friends with people on other teams. You know, you, you were allowed to chit chat, but like, if you were like seen as like consorting with the enemy, that was a bad thing. Um, but then we wound up going to the same college together and the college had a wrestling team. And so I, you know, he was kind of king shit on that team and I was just a scrub, but he was, he liked me. So I was like, cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then we, we refereed together while we were in college and then he got a, you know, he got a head coaching job at one of the local high schools and, and I became his assistant for a year before I moved up and, uh, he dropped me a text just yesterday he was like hey man i'm catching up on the podcast and he was talking about music the music recommendations we've been making and he dropped a music recommendation on me which i'll talk about in my consuming because i i took his recommendation and listened to it all week aerosmith yeah deep deep cuts (laughs) (laughs) no but he uh he was also talking about um I don't know where it is. He said he, um, oh, he said also a lot of times I play music while I shower. I sing to certain songs and the songs that he recommended were some of the songs that he sings along with. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. You know, I think, um, I think Zell emailed us this week. Yeah, too, I can read that real quick if you want me to. Yeah, get that. Get so that. Zell, super fan Zell. He's in the Pantheon. Like, so we're going to give number one fan to Donnie. Congratulations, sure. Donnie. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, our, you know, we have the Pantheon of the includes Miss and Clave and, you know, all these people. And Zell's one of the great Rev Zell is uh, one of the people in the Pantheon from the old days of the show. He said, writes in and says, Singing in the Shower is the title. My dudes, how are you? Been my dudes. A, my dudes. How are you? Been a couple weeks. Most deaf sharing my stream of consciousness ideas about your questions to those of us who sing in the shower. I just sing anywhere I can. I'm obnoxious. No shame. The shower is just one of the many venues I love to sing at. I have a little waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I listen to music. And I also will listen to most anything from Orville Peck to the Bee Gees and sing along. You bet as soon as COVID is over next year, hopefully. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm, I'm going to be hitting up my local karaoke venues again, and I'll also hopefully be playing some of the stuff I've been making as well, but not before it's safe. I guess this music is like volatile and could like get, you know, catch a virus or something. His his personal music. He, he don't want it to, you know, he don't want his music to get infected. He don't want his vibes to get infected. He's on, he's on the vaporwave stuff, so that stuff's probably real volatile, you know. Um, <laughs> have a good day, guys. Can't wait to get caught up, Zell. Thank you for that, Zell. Love it. People singing in the shower. Um, we do usually reward some runners up to the you know number one fan, um, and I had a I had from from a previous multiple times. This guy's one you know tied for for runner up, Mikey. He sent me a, he sent me some texts this week. He sent me a screenshot. He has looked up the the you know I told you that Vince Vaughn got thrown out of bars here in Wilmington. That's right. Yeah. He looked up that and he's got the whole, he sent me the whole clipping of the story of it was Vince Vaughn and Steve Buscemi and Steve Buscemi actually got stabbed in Wilmington during this whole, like not by Vince Vaughn, but that the altercation that they were in caused a stabbing. But anyway, the, the most like interesting thing was there was a target advertising and I won't say what the brand is, but I'll just say that the brand has some, a close connection to us, particularly you. Um, oh. 
and he was like, look at this, you know, like Illuminati, like they're listening. Um, and so, uh, he said, not sure what contributions Josh has made. You know, Josh is usually his co, uh, co runner up since the last episode, but wouldn't be a bad idea to perhaps break it out into first and second runners up. <laughs> I said, we'll take that into consideration. He said, if he puts in some legwork into exploring a claim made on the pod and then happens onto a more hilarious bit of serendipity than but serendipity, then by all means, give him first runner up. And I said, I mean, breaking the IOL 2S plus Vince Vaughn plus brand targeted marketing conspiracy should count for something. And he said, well, let's not jump to conclusions before we see what Josh has to contribute. I want this to be fair. And admittedly, if he's actually watching the OC along with you guys, then I'm toast. And I said, what a precarious house of cards. And he said, you're doing house of cards too. I probably won't watch that either. To which I said, oh man, you're really gunning for it. Um, I will say that we got nothing from Josh this week. Did you get anything from Josh? No, I didn't get anything from Josh. Well, I think the only fair thing to do is to give these guys co-runner up, you know? <laughs> co-runner up fans, number one fans. You know, they're the, the tied for – clearly they're tied neck and neck. We'll see if it changes next week, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of shenanigans Josh can get into to try and level up over Mikey. So, yeah, well, Josh, a.k.a. Grizzles, and Mikey, you are the two co-runners up for, for number one fan this week. And we appreciate the feedback. Yeah, it's great. Um, let's get into this the, the meat of the show. Dead air. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm just I'm, right. I'm, What's the, I am happily on the couch today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, it's so convenient that you decide to just jump on the couch at times and leave me out here, you know, <laughs> during my monologue. You're supposed to at least like <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to at least give some witty banter in here every once in a while. And, you know, I'm you know, look, I'm it's Friday afternoon. I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready to settle into the weekend. And uh I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just passively taking your direction. Okay. Well, um what's the hype? I so for me, I okay. It's like totally hype. I so last week, you know, I was sick all week, and I was like terrified that I had brought COVID to my family shame. Yeah, and um, and then I I got out of it, and I got I got to feeling better. Friday, and we spent Saturday prepping the house. Because we had uh, Mackenzie's sister, her husband, and their three kids show up on Saturday night. So, like, there was a brief moment there where I was like, oh, boy, I can't really catch a break. You know oh what I mean? Boy. I was yeah, that's a- stuck in a single solitary room for a week. And then out of nowhere, I had three kids under the age of six. Was this not planned? It was, well, it was... Lightly planned? It was planned, but between... The pandemic and and then me maybe having the virus it was like it was touching they didn't decide until the day before they left on friday they texted they were like david we don't have to come you know what i mean like it's okay we can just stay home and have a staycation and i was not gonna have that happen you know i was like of course come on up if you feel like it so they hopped in the car and they drove from tennessee to rhode island wow that's like two hours at least it was it took them 14 hours oh my god wow yeah with three kids and they got in at like 1 30 in the morning no thank you yeah <laughs> yeah um so it was a delight to have them 
It was the. I mean, I'm. I'm probably. I have 17 nieces and nephews, and I have three godkids. Right, so it brings it up to 20. And most of the time, I feel like I'm a pretty bad uncle because I don't get to see all my nieces and nephews as frequently as I would like to. And I've only just recently, maybe in the past two years, grown a little bit more comfortable around kids because I was always scared I was just going to hurt them. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to break them. And um, and I'm more, you know, I'm more comfortable. So I'm able to be a better uncle to the ones that I actually get to see. And I get to see these pretty frequently enough that they know me, you know, they mm-hmm. remember my yeah. name and they're excited to play with me. They, they ask about me when I'm not around and that kind of stuff. So we got to, you know, I mean, I, I still had to go to work and stuff like that, but I got to spend a lot of time with them over the week. And they, we have this swing in the backyard that we put out there just for them last summer. And they were like excited to like, so they came up last year for the first time ever and they stayed for a week and we were all kind of like on pins and needles at the beginning of the trip because it used to be anytime Mackenzie and her sister would spend more than like three days together, there would be a fight. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right. And now they like, like last summer they got along so well and everybody had a great time. And so they were just kind of trying to recreate that magic and want to come up here on an annual basis for a week, you know, and which we think is great. We love having them and, there's a lot of stuff to do up here in Rhode Island and our neighborhood and stuff like that. But by God, those kids just want to swing. It's like one of it's like it's not a tube. It's not like a tire, but it's like a mesh in the middle. It's one big circle and it's mesh in the middle so that all three of them can pile into the swing and they just say, Higher, David, higher, David. Why don't we push us in the swing? Higher, higher. And so basically I just got a, you know, an overhead tricep pull down workout yeah, every single day when I came home. The swing first. Yeah. That's a, that's a but, lot of work, but they're old that's enough cool. now. Like yeah. the oldest is five and then the next one down is four. And then the youngest is just 18 months. But like the two older boys, they're like getting their own personalities, you know, and it's cool to interact with a kid when they've started to develop their own personality and that kind of thing. And one likes to do this. The other one likes to do that and so on and so yeah, forth. You can start pitting them, them against each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yet. They're still, they're still thick as thieves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't really fight, which is cool. You know, they don't, I mean, they got into like one or two little bickering yeah, matches where one went too far when they were roughhousing or whatever. But we had a good time. We had them watch the movie outside. What'd you watch? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was an animated movie and Will Smith is in it. It's about like, it's a kid's movie about spies. And one of the people in the movies is like young genius. And he's always developing these different gadgets. And he turns Will Smith into a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm, um, I'm in. Yeah, that was a recent movie. I can't remember what it's called I Spy or something like that or My Spy. Or, Spy Spies in Disguise. Spies That's in what disguise. it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. by that other company, not not Pixar and not Disney, obviously, but the the, the one that does like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Is that DreamWorks? Uh, DreamWorks, yeah, I think it's DreamWorks. Yeah. Yeah, they have that that style of computer animated. Yeah, while they were here, I also watched the live action Aladdin. All right. So it's been it's been a big Will Smith week here yeah. at the uh, household. <laughs> yeah, he plays a genie. That was very controversial yeah. that they they put him in as the genie. Yeah, it was uh, not you know I mean not the best movie I've ever seen. Um, surely there are worse movies. I mean, I was engaged. Yeah, I it didn't get very good reviews, but I was I was mildly interested in it because I'm not a big Disney fan, but uh, Aladdin's one of my 
one of the ones I really liked as a kid, you know? And yeah, they gave Jasmine a lot more voice, which is good. I'm down for that. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Will Smith was not impressive. No, it's hard hard to go against Robin Williams at his peak. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because I went back and rewatched the old animated Aladdin, I don't know, maybe two years ago. Yeah. And the Robin Williams stuff wasn't as funny as I thought it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Some well, some of it's a little problematic too. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Doing maybe, a lot of yeah. Edit that out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Turns out Disney's always been problematic. Oh, oh, for sure, man. I've got when we get to consuming, I've got some so I've got some Disney a Disney update for you. So well, let's get there. What's your hype? My hype is uh we didn't we had a hurricane here. That went right over top of us. Category mm-hmm. one, I believe, the whole time. Uh, I, Hurricane Isaias, I believe. <laughs> Nobody okay. knows how to pronounce it. Um, but, uh, you know, w- we had a really bad hurricane a couple years ago, Florence, that really destroyed our, this town that I'm in and really messed things up. We were, we were gone for almost a month, couldn't get back to our house. Like, it was, it was a whole ordeal. So... Everybody's kind of like nervous about it, but also like everything's been so messed up the past couple months that everybody's kind of also like, all right, well, what else is going to happen? So the hurricane comes and passes over us and we didn't lose power during the hurricane, um, which was glorious because like I would say 90% of, of Wilmington, North Carolina lost power. And of course, you know, the number one thing that I, that's hype about it is that it's hot and we didn't lose AC, right? Yeah. But the number two thing about it, perhaps even better, is that the schadenfreude of me having power <laughs> when everyone around me didn't have power, you know? Yeah. I was I was taking pictures of my thermostat and sending it to people. <laughs> um, I was just... <laughs> I was just, I was just, it turned, these storms and stuff turned me, I, I usually like, I, I have write a bunch of jokes in the storm. I had a bunch of posts on Facebook. I was like, do y'all need anything? Uh, I'm not offering to help, but I just was wondering. Um, yeah, so it, it was delightful to not lose power during the hurricane. Yeah, well, so we lost power because by the time it got to us, it was a storm. Yeah, so, <laughs> so how long did you lose power for? 24 hours, man. Good, good. Yeah, we had uh, so up here because the snowstorms get so much. Everybody's got a generator. Okay, so you had a generator. Well, so yeah, we have this generator, but like you can't so run we your AC pl- off of it, right? It's, no, I mean you can run like a phone charger and the refrigerator. Yeah, that's about it. Like I still had to go to bed with a candle. You know what I mean? And we opened <laughs> like, the windows because like Bob, it was like Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Did you have a long nightgown on? Did you have a yeah, long... well, get this. So, we, so I don't know cap. if you how familiar you are with generators, but we we can we live. You know, we don't live by ourselves. We live in a neighborhood, and every single fucking house has a generator. So, yeah, we, we it's open because it's hot, and all, I'm laying down there in the dark with this fucking candle, and all I can hear is. Just sounds, five houses. Sounds worth like of a bunch of bees. Just <laughs> killer bees outside. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, every time, every time we have to use that generator, I think I, I need to look into what it, how much it costs to get like 
you know, the super bougie, like in-home automatic turn-on generators, I'm sure it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like I I would love, oh man, just like you taking pictures of your thermostat, I would love to be the one house with like everything on. I just go around turning lights on. Yeah. Just leaving them on. Just, you get some floodlights and put them out on the front yard and shine them into your neighbor's (laughs) houses so that like they can't sleep. I gotta make sure my uplighting's on. (laughs) Yeah. You're not <laughs> you have you just leave your Christmas lights up all year round, but you turn them on during a uh, storm yeah. when it's the when everyone's lost power. Yeah, totally. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I had yeah. it because I, I turned the thermostat. So I was like, to preemptively, I was like, I'm gonna turn this. We're gonna freeze out tonight because I'm gonna turn it because it's gonna go out, and I want to conserve as much coal as I can. Yeah. So it was like chilly in my house the next morning, and I was like, <laughs> I was putting pictures of my finger on. on the finger on the up button on the on the thermostat, <laughs> sending <it> to people. <laughs> uh. Well, so we, so I mean, get this. So this, you know, my in-laws they drove 14 hours. They get here on a Saturday night. I'm working all day Sunday. I work all day Monday. And then Tuesday night is no when power. the uh, power goes out. So they ain't hung out with me at all. We ain't done anything. And then Wednesday is my day off. We wake up and the fucking power's out. You know what I mean? Like I get home Tuesday night. Oh my God, it was so depressing. I was like, I was so hungry and so tired for my day <laughs> on Tuesday. I come home and they had gotten lobster rolls. Oh, so man. I'm eating this soggy ass lobster roll by myself in front of a candle <laughs> with no internet. So I like, I don't get cell phone service at my house unless I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh, man. Wow. So I'm like, I'm seriously just sitting there staring at a candle, eating a soggy lobster roll as I hear the parents <laughs> arguing with the children, trying to get them to go to sleep. And the kids <laughs> saying, I'm so sticky. It's so hot in here. And I'm just like, God damn, I need a shower. Like, I, ho- I just hope that I can get to have a hot shower. <laughs> That's great. Oh, so man. miserable. So we took it. We took him to the zoo on Wednesday. By the time we came back from the zoo at like five at night, it was we had power. power so thank back, goodness yeah. we had that. So I was I was paranoid. I was at the zoo just constantly updating the outage map. Yeah. And then I finally it finally dinged, and I was like, okay, we can go home now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's great. Oh. Well, what's not the hype? Was the, the was that you're not the hype? What was you're not the hype? No, I, I felt bad for them, but they were like, "Look, I mean, whatever, you know, it's the way it goes." Yeah. So, so we have this, uh, you know. I mean, it's not. I mean, if I don't want to speak ill of them visiting, I love having them visit, but of course, you know, having kids around that's a little bit stressful, you know. Yeah. And you know, always picking up after them and cleaning and stuff like that. So they leave today, and Mackenzie, Mackenzie always gets so sad. You know, she's yeah, so sad yeah, when her yeah. sister leaves and. So, you know, she's, she's at home and I I come home from work and I get home about four o'clock. She's like, I'm going to try to take a little nap. And then she, she got um, added to this rowing class, this like individual sculling class. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the boathouse operates. You have to sign up for classes and then you're in the class for like a couple of months or whatever. So she gets into this class and she's like, it starts tonight. I'm going to take a little nap and then I'm going to go. And for me, knowing that Mackenzie has just been through this whirlwind of two weeks of caring for me and then caring for the kids, she's exhausted. The house is a wreck. It's, you know, she's stressed out. And I know she, as soon as she goes down for this nap, she's not going to wake up in a good mood and she's probably not going to wake up at all. So I'm going to have to wake her up. And that's always a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I, you know, time comes for her to get up and I, I put on my, 
you know, the outfit you wear to do fencing, you know, like I <laughs> yeah, put on my your mask. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, I wake her up. I'm like, Hey, it's time for you to go. And she's like, all right, cool. And so she's cool about it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm still walking on eggshells though. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to upset her right before she's going out and then she's going to not go. And then she's going to be mad at me yeah. for the rest of the night. And I got to record this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got, I got shit to do. And, uh, <laughs> And so she gets dressed and go, and I'm standing outside. I'm on the phone with somebody and she's, she looks like she's in a good mood. So I give her a kiss goodbye. Hey, go enjoy that weather. You know, it's great weather up here right now. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's sunny. She gets in her car and we have this old 1975 Chevy pickup truck mm-hmm. and the, the tailgate was down on it and she backed into the tailgate. Oh, and, no. Yeah. Her car is only a year old. Oh no. So she was just, she went from like being in a really good mood to just <laughs> the complete opposite. Oh, that's terrible. I don't mean to laugh. That's horrible. That's I know. Horrible. No, it's I just, mean like, it's not that bad. No, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it, she's definitely going to have to get it, that yeah. panel replaced, uh, you know, on yeah. the car. It's, and she's not going to want to do that. It's probably going to wind up being me that does it, but like, yeah. it can't, like the paint is gone. She's going to have to do it before oh. winter comes or else it'll rust. But I was just like, oh, I was nice. so happy that I was there to see it so that I could be like, it's cool. It's cool. It's all, you know, it's just, all right. Yeah. It's okay. It's going to be all right. We're going to get it's it. Fine. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. It's just a car. Like go on to rowing, enjoy the night. But like, I got off the phone with that friend of mine. I was like, 10 minutes later and I called her and I was like, yo, it's just a car. Like it's yeah. why it's called an accident. It's fine. She's like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry for laughing. That's, that's horrible. That's a terrible. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, you can't do anything but laugh. It's just ridiculous. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything was good. And then the universe, mm-hmm. the universe was like, nah, how about this? <laughs> exactly. The universe was like, no, no, no. You're not allowed to be happy yet. Yeah. Be ashamed if someone ruined yeah. your happiness right now. <laughs> yeah, be, be real shame yeah. if you ruined your fucking new car. Uh, uh, so yeah. that's my not that's the hype. Not, that is definitely not the hype. Uh, yeah. My not the hype is my crazy cross the street neighbor. He, he's like a he's like kind of sketchy, but in a good way. He's like sketchy in a way that would probably help you out in this certain situations, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't exactly know what he does. There's people in and out over there all the time. But, like, you know, if I had to bury a body or something, he'd be like, yeah, let's go do it. I, I got you. But, yeah, I, you know, I don't think he would kill anybody, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he said, I go out there and I see him and he's like, hey, I'm going, uh, going to the lake for a week. So if you keep an eye on the house, you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, he's like, yeah, me and 60 of my family members are going. We're all going to stay in like two houses at the lake, 60 of his family members. And I was just like, man, I'm afraid. For, like, I, I don't get I don't like walk over to his house ever. I talk to him from across the street, but I'm like, yep. man, you're going to have so much COVID. I'm not even going to want to talk to you across the street. <laughs> you got to have like seven doses of it. He's going to have it's just going to be a cloud around his house. 60 people in two houses. How do you even fit that many people? into these must be giant lake houses. Yeah, so that's not the hype. It just, just kind of freaked me out. I wanted to be like, hey, man, you, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, well, all right. Uh, I have not seen this dude wear a mask once, you know, like not even like carrying a mask to his car, you know. Um, Yeah, so that's not the hype. Damn. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> he's going to come back 
it with a ventilator down his throat. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just going to be a green cloud around him, you know? <laughs> I wish that were real. If it really did that. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I, would you know, I wish anytime anybody was sick, you could just <laughs> see a green cloud, like pig pen. Yeah. It would be helpful because you would know you could avoid that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, you got some hype still out? I mean, I already brought it up, but. Uh, so get this. So Rhode Island was one of the most proactive states in the beginning. Yeah. And we got, we were in decline, you know, as everybody else was blowing up, like new England did a good job. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, so we, we started opening up, uh, about two months ago. Yeah. And all the tourists from Massachusetts and Connecticut started coming to us because they weren't yet <laughs> yeah. as open as we yeah. were. And now New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Massachusetts put Rhode Island on a do not travel list. <laughs> These fucking assholes came and ruined it for us. Yeah. That's what so, happens, man. That you know, so anyway, so I guess that's not the hype, but the hype still out is that I got this I got a competition in Connecticut tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well. But I just checked the website. Like apparently you can go for twenty four hours. Okay. So I'm a I'm going to drive my ass down. To, I'm not going to make weight. I'm going to be overweight, whatever. I have family in town. I'm not going to regret it, but I'm going to drive down by myself about two and a half hours. I'm going to lift in this local competition where everybody's wearing a mask. I'm just doing it for the experience. Yeah, I think I already talked about yeah, this, yeah, but you did. Yeah. the hype's still out is like whether or not I'm actually going to do a good job because my training was going really well. And then I couldn't train for a whole week because I was sick. Right. And, and you're weak. back this you week sick. and like, yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, you know? it weakens you when you get sick like that. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel mm-hmm. makes you feel bad for. And once you once you get over thirty, you f- you feel bad for a little while after you get better. And yeah, yeah. so that's, that's I'm yeah, do my best. Good luck. I hope it works out. I hope oh, don't. I'm I hope you don't get stuck it, there. It'll be on the. Uh, it'll be on my this week for the podcast. Yeah. I just don't know if it'll be under was the hype or was not the hype. The hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happened to us here because you know I live by the beach, and a lot of people from New York has beaches, have beach houses here. So when everything was blowing up in New York, and we weren't closed all the way yet, everybody came down here and got everybody sick here. And then yeah. stupid ass South Carolina just opened all the fucking way up, you know. And so they're all coming up here from Myrtle Beach, and so we're just like, and we're about to get real fucked here. I mean, even if there wasn't COVID, you wouldn't want people from Myrtle Beach coming up there. Oh, anyway. Definitely not. I wish we would close the border with South Carolina, you know, at, at, during it just perpetually, you know? Ugh. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, well, my hype still out is uh, I've got a real quick one and then and a little bit longer one. Maybe my quick one is the, the show, the boys is coming back in a couple weeks and I really enjoyed season one of that. Are you familiar with that show? I'm familiar with it, but I never, I watched like 10 minutes of the first episode and I was like, oh yeah, this would be good to come back to and never came back to it. I think you should watch it. I think it's really like creatively written, right? Really well written. And I mean, it's about this like crew of guys that like, it sort of deals with like superheroes. The consequences of having superheroes is that they leave all this destruction in their path. Right. Right. And it's about this kind of group of regular dudes who fight back against the superheroes, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and not the, the, the big heroes are actually huge assholes behind the scenes and, and it's, you know, it's a pretty dark show, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it, but it's coming back and I, you know, who knows if season two is going to be as good as season one, but highly recommend it. Um, 
<clears throat> the other one is to do with the video I sent you. There's this game that people are trying to get me to play, and a lot of people are streaming it. It's called Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. And did you watch that that trailer? Yeah. Did, would, did you just seem like it would be fun? It looked like um, it looked like a Mario Party. So what I've gathered, I have, I've only watched that trailer. I've not seen anything. Apparently, it's battle royale, but for many games. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's for it, we'll put the put in the show notes. But you you dress as these little minion looking characters. Like there's all these costumes you can get: chicken costume, hot dog costume, and there's these little like like the dudes look like they're made out of rubber and they bounce off of each other's stuff. But it's it's I think it's a hundred people and they have like races, you know, and they're all short games. But it's it's a battle royale kind of thing with all these people and there's different styles of games that you play. I don't know how many different ones there are, but I know there's you know there's several. And you kind of, it, it looks like it's kind of bedlam, you know, like just kind of hilarity ensues. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I'm, I mean, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so I mean, I'm, not, I'm out. But yeah. I think, you should, I think you should give it a shot. Yeah, I'm gonna try. They have it on Steam too, I think, so you can play it on PC too. But um, I don't know if it's cross platform or not. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. Looks interesting. Looks like it might be funny. I might just watch the streams of it and not play it. <laughs> you know? But it looks like the kind of thing that if you got a bunch of your friends to play it, it would be just people yelling at each other and, you know, cutting each other off. And apparently there's a level of like griefing people in it that you do. So I'm into that. Yeah, yeah that's my hype still out. Um, what you been consuming? Um I'm sorry. Georgia just made it a hate crime to to, to speak publicly against cops. What? You just edited that out. Never mind. No. Uh, oh. I, I, I just the audacity of Georgia. I am it's, I'm from I'm basically from Georgia and it's it's I I'm not. I'm from South Carolina, but very close to Georgia. And Georgia, Georgia be be Georgiaing for sure a lot lately. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Georgia is Georgia. Stay Georgia. Yeah. Um, it's, excuse me. It's a hate crime to harass. Cops. Okay. And I mean, sure. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Whatever. Legislate people's minds. <laughs> um. So, so the music recommendation that I got from was this guy named Benjamin Todd. I'm not so certain that you're really going to like him, but I, but the reason I bring it up is because I, I actually saw a YouTube video, this guy performing a song, you know how there's all these different, it's kind of like we used to talk about the takeaway shows, the blog attack. Yeah. People would walk through city streets and they'd be these semi-major artists and they would be performing somewhat anonymously. Like most people weren't there to see them. That was just city streets. Well, there's all sorts of different YouTube accounts that like feature different musicians and they're just playing in somebody's backyard or something like that. And I remember seeing this video of this guy um, at like his grandfather's house, you know, and talking about the importance of his grandfather and his life and that kind of stuff. And he played two songs. I was like, Oh, that's neat, you know, but never really followed up on the guy. And, um, and then Donnie recommended that he was like, Oh, if you like, you know, I've I've been really digging Tyler Childers based on the recommendation. And so he made this recommendation. This guy's name is Benjamin Todd, T O D. And 
I went and listened to the album and I gave it several spins before I stopped listening to it, which is, you know, praise in my book. Like mm-hmm. if you get me to listen to your record two times in a row, then there's something there that I like. Um, I eventually waned on it a little bit because it is just him and a guitar. And I don't know, for me, like summertime, like it was great because we were like built a fire and and cook hot dogs over the fire with the kids a couple nights ago. And that was the day that he gave me the recommendation. And that was like the soundtrack for the evening. You know, it was perfect for a backyard fire. It's really good for like solo driving in the car. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's like it's country, it's folk country. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, that's the album I've been listening to. It's, I don't know. I'll pull it up. I think he's just got the one album. So I've it's heard not, that name before, but I don't think I've ever listened to him. Yeah, like I say, I, I'm not sure that you'd like him. No, he's got two albums. I was listening to the first album from 2017 called I Will Rise. I haven't learned, I haven't listened to the new one called Heart of Gold is Hard to Find, but I'll probably check it out because I like the guy's voice. He seems pretty authentic, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was consuming. What about you? I'll, I'll check it out. Um, watching some shows and, and movies. Um, based on our discussion last week, we watched uh, Jackie Never Seen Swingers. Oh boy! So was we, it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Yes. Um, okay. No, it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, "This movie's really funny." And then I we started watching, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope this isn't like something that was funny, but now it's super toxic masculinity," you know? Yeah. Because it's a movie about dudes being young dudes, you know, just guys being dudes, just guys being dudes. But it, you know, there's as a white male in America, it reminds me a lot of points in my life where I had friends that you know it's just it, we interacted the way they do in the, the movie you know yeah and I was pleasantly surprised that it never crossed the line for me into I mean I'm sure if you looked if you went into it looking for something to be offended by you probably could find something but it was it never went into the too sexist or anything you know it was you know it's dudes trying to meet women you know so there's going to be some degree of like sexual tension or whatever but uh, yeah it's also like a time capsule of LA in that time. Oh man. That's the thing that struck me like a hammer. Cause I was like, Oh shit, this captured the time period of like a year and a half where people were into swing music. Yep. In the nineties, there was a brief period of time where people were super into swing music. And I, I said this on Facebook, they dressed like fifties bowlers Yeah, with these like bowling shirts and shit like that. And all the dudes had pocket change chains hanging down and uh you know the girls had their hair up like they were from the 40s or something and like there's there's a there's swing dancing <laughs> big bad voodoo daddy is in that movie um that yeah band. i mean it was like scott a little bit of ska music too mm-hmm. yeah right. well that that there's kind of an overlap there i think of that those two scenes right. and yeah it was fascinating to see that just the t- terrible styles of stuff from then it's just awful it just captured this horrible time in the late 90s you know the, mid, the, mid the, the, funny, the, the biggest standouts for me from that movie now granted i haven't watched it in a while but whenever um that very first scene where they're just sitting at the diner and john Favreau is saying like so i just don't call her and and i'll eventually like forget about her and he had just you know gone through this bad breakup it wasn't up to him he got dumped and his buddy's like, yeah, you just don't call. And he's like, well, what if she calls me? He's like, she won't. <laughs> and he's like, but so I just leave it alone. He's like, yeah. And then, and then if she calls me, he's like, that's the rub. Like, she's not going to call you until you've moved on. Yeah. He's not going to, she's not going to call you until you don't care that she calls you. 
Yeah, you know, he. Uh, like, that, I remember that scene because I, <clears throat> I went through a, 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 you know, like a breakup that I took really hard a long, long time ago, and I remember watching that movie. Like I would watch the first scene of that movie like every morning and be like, just don't call her. You know what I mean? Like don't don't be that guy. Like let it be. Don't be a stalker. Don't be yeah. annoying or anything like that. And then like three times since then. When somebody's called me and they're going through a bad breakup, I've been like, go watch the beginning of this movie and watch the beginning of this movie as many times as you need <laughs> until you're okay. <laughs> That's funny because I, I I have often wanted to put together a list of break of good breakup movies, like movies to watch when you've been broken up with. Um, yeah. And it would be the top of the list, I think, because the whole movie is about dealing with getting older and having, you know, having your, your, the particularly like your first love of your life, not work out. Yeah. And, and it is, there's some really poignant, like it's, it's a movie about dudes. There's a lot of testosterone and stuff, but like that scene particularly, you know, it's the guy from, uh, uh, he was in office space. Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. Yeah. Underrated actor. Um, he, I forgot he was in it. Uh, but he, yeah, he has some profound words cause it's true. And I've been in that situation more than once. You know, and it's, I'm sure you've suggested I go watch that when I was, you know, going through a breakup and it's so true and it, that's what hurts. You know, you see the pain on his face when he's like, oh, by the time this works out, it'll, it'll be totally over, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it, it, the movies, it's worth watching. I think it's for for that time capsule aspect and Vince Vaughn's great in it as this other friend that's kind of on the other side of just like trying to big him up all the time. You know, one Ron Livingston's character is kind of telling him the truth. And then Vince Vaughn's telling him kind of the lies he needs to hear to make his confidence better. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's really well-written and John Favreau is great in it. And I, and I, I did say like at the end of it, John Favreau gets rewarded. I won't spoil anything, but John Favreau gets rewarded for being genuine. Yeah. And, and Vince Vaughn is like kind of the un, the disingenuous guy and he, he, he doesn't get rewarded for being that way, you know? But, yeah. So, okay. And I'm with you and I don't want to interrupt or cut or whatever, no, no. but there's two more scenes that really stick out. I mean, I think that movie is a whole collection of scenes that are all really good. There's just a bunch of really good scenes in it, but yeah. that scene where John Favreau comes home and he keeps opening the refrigerator door and he's leaving so many messages on that <laughs> woman's phone. Like that is one of that was one of the very first cringe comedy scenes where I was like, oh my goodness, this is causing a feeling in me that I I didn't know somebody else could create. Yeah, th- that I mean? that whole scene is it's John Favreau's character is calling this person he's just got a number from and he calls he just embarrasses himself. And Jackie was like halfway through. It was like this has to stop. I can't handle it. Please don't call her. Don't call her again. And uh, and yeah. allegedly they were telling him, or like he was opening that fridge because they didn't have the money for or other lighting, so they would just <laughs> use that fridge for lighting. I mean, apparently John Favreau just maxed out all his credit cards to make this movie. Yeah. Um, and then the the other scene, and it it's a little bit forgettable, I think, for a lot of people, but it really stuck with me. And and it is what is it's peak Vince Vaughn to me. It's at the end of the movie, and it's just a an incredible line line reading. He said he's all grown up, and he's all grown up, and he's all grown up, yeah. and just the regularization of grown into yeah. growed is just so funny to me he's, my boy brad he's all growed up he, <laughs> he just, he's being the annoying uh, drunk guy after a night out at the diner 
mm-hmm. uh, which any everybody in their life has encountered that person, you know. And yeah. uh, they're basically at Waffle House, you know, and he's saying, yeah, my boy's all grows up and everybody just wants him to shut up. And he's standing <laughs> on the table and yeah. And he thinks he's he thinks he's making eyes with that woman. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> and he's like, I will never come back to eat here. And then the next scene is them the next morning going back to eat at the same place. <laughs> it's a good movie, man. I think it's well written. It's very well. Honest, I, but... I, I, my hope for you is that you find Made. I'm going to watch Made because Made is not a sequel to it, but it's kind of a spiritual sequel in that John Favreau and, and Vince Vaughn work together and have a you know somewhat similar kind of friendship in that movie. Um, but it is a totally different. It's movie. It's a totally different so. movie. It, it, they're they're not connected, but they're it's those two guys collaborating. Um, you know then. Yeah, exactly. And and Vince Vaughn is playing a very similar character. Mm-hmm. Say, um, speaking of opinions, we we have not given a live reading of uh, hashtag text from Bill. Okay, um, I'm happy to take number one while you pull up your phone, and yeah. you can take number two. Um, the, the, this text message came in a little bit late. Bill uh, came in just last night as I was bringing the trash cans back down the driveway. Um, number one, he says, I love the misfits. And I think he has a good take here. He says, they're all about the type of horror and horror iconography. I hew to more and more as time goes by the big dumb kind slasher movies, aliens from outer space, graveyards, bring it. I also like Sam Hain. Yeah. I, I think there's a different way to pronounce that, but that's Danzig's other band. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. I, I, I'm, I, that, I too. Uh, when he said that, I was like, "Yes, that's a perfect way to explain why I like the Misfits." Because yeah, and it, it, to be honest with you, it's going to make me go back and listen with this kind of like because I always like because I was listening to them younger, I was always kind of taking them seriously. Right. Yeah, and it, right? no, they're they're and, very much like exaggerating things because they're yeah, it's exactly. like a, they're like making songs about B movies basically you know B horror movies and yeah yeah. Uh, number two, I third the Sam Rockwell love. I think I agree his performance in Moon is his best work, but my fave Sam Rockwell movie is The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which I think is one of the great American movies of this century. And the line reading he gives on I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian to the batshit insane remnants of Mickey Rourke and Iron Man 2 is a top 10 MCU moment for me. <coughs> I would add to that that I think another consideration for Sam Rockwell performance is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. True. Um, which is very good. George Clooney-directed film. I have to go. I have to agree with uh, Bill here that The Assassination of Jesse James is an incredible movie. It's, it's slow. It's beautiful. It's a well-told story. And the acting in it is, you know, from everybody in it, it's just like top-notch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to skip number three. I'm going to move on to number four. Your neighborhood email list is a joy, but it makes me glad I rent. One of my favorite podcasts right now is the neighborhood. Listen with Paul F Tompkins and Nicole Parker. They and a rotating third mic craft an hour long improv out of actual posts from a neighborhood billboard app and set all the events in the fictitious town of dignity falls. 
It's on Stitcher, but I think the first half dozen episodes are still free on Earwolf. That sounds like an incredible setup for a podcast. Way better than ours. I think we have mentioned that at some point in time on this show. Either either you had or Bill had, yeah. and we had read his. Yeah, I guess his... he's brought it up before, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that sounds familiar. It does sound sound interesting. Um, Swingers was practically a religion when I was in college, but I've only seen made once and I can barely remember it. You need to get back on it. Uh, number six, Vince Vaughn, staunch Republican and Tom Morello, who is Tom Morello are dedicated dungeons and dragons buddies. There is yet hope for our divided nation. <laughs> I hate playing video games with other people. I play video games so I can be alone and kill things. You may resume your speculation on my serial killer potential here. Um, <laughs> uh, Keep going. Oh, the big expectation was there was the exception was the evening I spent playing Portal 2 with two friends in the room helping out with the puzzles. Every time we solved a tricky one, we celebrated like we'd won the Super Bowl. I guarantee you could hear us down the street. When was the last time you played Portal? I'd never played Portal. Oh, you never played it? I never played it. It it fell through the cracks for me. That's a heck of a game. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Number eight, Children of Men is great. I always thought Clive Owen would be bigger than he you guys see Croupier? I have not seen that. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. He's yeah. so good in that. Okay. He, yeah. He's, uh, uh, I thought Clive Owen would be bigger than he was too. He was like a, it was a hot ticket for a while there. There was, I mean, he was big. Like, I mean, he led Sin City. What yeah. was the other one that, what was that movie? Two couples. It was like a closer. David Mamet. Closer. Closer. Yeah. yeah. Natalie Portman in it. Yeah. Um, he said, did you fuck him? Yeah. You don't even know. I have to know because I'm a man. I'm a caveman. That's what he says. I have to know because I'm a caveman. Yeah. He's a good actor. He, there was a, a brief period of time when they considered him for James Bond, too. Ooh. I think right before Daniel Craig. Yeah. He, but it, he played that. He played himself wonderfully in extras. Oh, yeah, he did. You just don't <laughs> see him very much in stuff anymore, though. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe he's out there eating ayahuasca. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I watch. I'll listen to that podcast. Um, <laughs> I didn't talk about the OC because I ain't got no HBO Max. Probably plus, I probably couldn't identify with the main character, seeing as I'm so very fucking old, Dave. And furthermore, I already know how it ends. That lead guy becomes a cop and befriends weird orphan with a bat fetish, and Peter Gallagher retires to the country to manage an eyebrow farm. He's not wrong. Well, we got you. Famously, you got his age wrong because he's he's what forty five. Yeah, you said he was fifty. I I didn't say he was fifty. You said late forties. I said I gave an age range, and then I revised it to be forty five. And turns out he's forty (laughs) five. I didn't say that was old. Yeah. (laughs) Not not to belabor the bill, love, but uh, we had this whole thread this week about the, the. the, the Nate Robinson, who's it, Jake Paul fight? Logan Paul. Is it Logan Paul he's fighting? I don't, it's a Paul. I Who cares? Know. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> we just kicked off this thing. You know, Nate Robinson's famously on the, on, on our Celtics, I call him, that, that won in 2008. <laughs> Bill said, Phil said, as a wrestling fan, I'm always down to watch a handicap match. By God, King, that's Big Baby's music. So this kicked off this this where we envisioned this this boxing match turns into a wrestling match with the Celtics versus the Pauls, <laughs> with Ray Allen, turncoat as he is on the Pauls side, you know. Well, it's like, I must have missed that one. I would I would have I would have been a lot more aggrieved if I knew that Ray Allen 
turncoat. Well, Ray Allen famously left and went to Miami, you know, and then those guys that's all true. shit talked him. So that's why I said he came in the arena and went straight to the Paul's corner. Not one, not <laughs> two, not three. <laughs> what a great time in the NBA. Oh. <laughs> LeBron predicted six championships for the Heat. Yeah. Oh, to be at that midnight prep pep rally for the Heat. <laughs> Not one. Not one. I mean, I, I love LeBron. Like, I'm going to defend him, but, like, that was a bad yeah, take. Yeah, it was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now, I, well. I just, I like that Bill was, like, envisioned Big Baby having his own theme music, and he's real excited that Big Baby just showed up, you know, because that's how I, they, they introduce him as the theme music. Player. You, say, you like, said Big Baby comes in pushing Paul Pierce in the wheelchair. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, the greatest WWE moment of the NBA was when Paul Pierce had to leave the court on a wheel, in a wheelchair and then came back after 10 minutes and was so, miraculously so we, cured. <laughs> We were watching that game live and we were clowning him so hard because he was like faking an injury and it was so dramatic. And then did I send you that link? This is about a year ago where he talked about that incident. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. 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 He said he sharted. (laughs) He he didn't want anybody to see his shorts. (laughs) He went back and changed his shorts. It came back out. Everybody thought he was injured and they wheeled him out in a wheelchair so people people giving him a standing ovation. What a hero. Yeah, he came back in and it's like, oh, is he going to walk again? <laughs> he stands up. <laughs> oh, so good. I miss that. That that Celtics team was so much fun to watch. I miss those playoffs. Yeah. Oh, man. There's some good playoffs. Oh, boy. I think well, we yeah, anyway, shout out to Bill. <laughs> yeah, shout out Bill. Bill's essentially now a co-host. Yeah, without yes. ever being on. <laughs> I think he's he's Jackie's new favorite. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, brought, care. you, you ain't got to say it like that. You brought it in on yourself. I was relishing being the funny one. <laughs> Um, and then I have one more thing for for what I've been consuming. We're, yeah. we're watching the the Disney animated films in order. So we watched okay. Snow White, and it was okay. And we're watching it with the full notion of like this is going to be some problematic shit and all this. Um, and we watched Snow White, and it actually wasn't too bad. And then we watched Pinocchio, which is the second one the other night. <laughs> that movie, you were popping off. I was because it blew my mind that it's like it was written by someone on acid in 1940. It is the wildest shit. It involves a scheme of turning boys into donkeys to sell them for money. Seems <laughs> There's got to be easier ways to make money than that. There's um, gotta be. Uh, oh man! <laughs> the big dramatic moment of the thing is Pinocchio comes home, and they're like, "Oh, surprise! Your father went to look for you, and a whale ate him." <laughs> and, then they get to, and Pinocchio, who's half donkey at this point. <laughs> Goes out I mean, and ties a rock to his tail to throw himself in the ocean to to find this whale, Monstro, and finds him. <laughs> and finds him. And Jiminy Cricket is tasked with the job. The, I didn't realize Jiminy Cricket is horrible at his job. Jiminy Cricket, the blue fairy, who he's simping on real hard the whole time, you know. Uh-huh. He, Jiminy, she says, you're going to be this dude's conscience now. So you got to advise him, advise Pinocchio, get him, keep him out of trouble. The whole movie, he's like, oh, well, I guess Pinocchio wants to go off and, you know, get captured by this traveling circus. So I guess that's his choice. Like, you're not, you're the conscience. You're supposed to tell him not to do these things. 
he's just terrible throughout the whole thing, and then he gets a big he gets a big medal at the end. For what? <laughs> so I played I played Jiminy Cricket when I was in first grade. <laughs> get this, get this. It was a first grade class, and uh, and I was so dang jealous of the kid that got the Pinocchio part. <laughs> I wanted to be Pinocchio so bad. And it wasn't until like months after the play was over that I told my mom how jealous I was of that kid that got to play Pinocchio. And she's like, David, Pinocchio had like five lines. Jiminy Cricket was the star of the play. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Let's run that tape back. And I, I, we had it on VHS. And yeah, I was talking throughout the whole dang thing. I mean, I was, I was, but I wanted to be Pinocchio so, so bad. Pinocchio. I'm so greedy. I would much rather be Jiminy Cricket, even though he's terrible at his job. It's a much more meaty, meaty role. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just the really thought of, of Young Groove in spats and, uh, you know, and a, a top hat. Yo, I was. Know? And I had this like, uh, like elastic around the face green hat like green like helmet like like a hood you know like yeah. a, so make you look a like hood. a cricket yeah it's so it's funny this is see this is when my my early genius of being on the stage began to express itself the you know there's a note in the bottle yeah and she was like well what if you can't get the note out of the bottle i was like it's fine i'll get the note out of the bottle and we get on stage and i couldn't get the note out of the bottle so what does david do he improvises he starts to, he holds the bottle perpendicular like horizontal to the ground and i rolled the bottle and acted as if i was reading it through the glass in the bottle <laughs> now you know you may say well anybody could think of that but i'll remind you i was like seven years old <laughs> the big the better move would have been to just smash the shit out of that bottle <laughs> just, <crash. laughs> just, just break it over the back of the kid's head that's playing pinocchio oh and tonight playing both parts <laughs> <laughs> the understudy for Pinocchio. Oh, that's the name of this episode. Understudy for Pinocchio. <laughs> oh my God. It is. I, I will keep you posted on the, uh, I think we're watching Fantasia next, which has a bunch of problematic shit in it. Apparently. Well, the so. real, I mean, I think they edited out the racist crows. The racist and, uh, shit. Yeah. Dumbo. Oh, did the, yeah. I think they edited the racist stuff out of Fantasia too, but well, you're going to find out. We're about to find out. Um, yeah. Also, still, still, just crushing that Mike Tyson mysteries, and I'm really ashamed that you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Well, look, I'm sorry. I need you to watch. I had, look, I, I couldn't really rattle the kids around to watch Mike Tyson mysteries. You were alone in a room for a week. <laughs> I was. You You're right. You're right. But you know, I had to play them video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's the truth. I've I was mad the other night that you hadn't watched it yet. I almost texted you and said, well, "I'm not coming on the show this week unless you watch it." <laughs> I'm going on strike. Yep. Oh, All right, man. so that's that's the end of the main part of the show. So if you want to turn off our OC talk, we're going to be talking about episode three of the OC season one. The episode's called The Gamble. If you're and, still not uh, watching the OC, get the fuck out. Just stop listening to us. Don't do that. We need every listener we can get. But consider the watching the OC. It's on HBO Max. It's very good. This episode was great. I I'm... I, my, I only have one regret. What? I really, as I was watching it, I was like, I need to watch this twice. I want to watch this twice because it's so good. And there's so many different things to talk about. And I know that because I watched it, you know, I watched it right after we recorded last week. And so I was like, that's going to be a whole week. I'm not going to remember everything about right. it. 
the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway from the episode was how much momentum builds up once they get to the casino night. It is incredible. Every There's not a moment wasted in the final third of that episode. Yeah, it's a, it's all these interlocking stories, and they do such a good job of of. It's almost like the can. It's not one shot, but it feels like one shot almost. It's like a Goodfellas kind of thing, where it's like just yeah. kind of floats around all these stories and all these things happen, and it's 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 really well executed. Um, yeah. So the the conceit of the episode obviously is that they they they're doing this fundraiser, and it's it's a it's a casino night. And that lends itself to all these different, you know, groups of people in various points of this room. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of character development, particularly with uh, with Kirsten's character. Yeah. Um, so let's rewind, right? Yeah. Let's rewind to the beginning. So in, yeah. So we we've been talking for two episodes about how Kirsten is kind of like, you know, the voice of reason, and how she's. You know, she's just not sold on Ryan being a part of the family, which is normal and understandable. And nobody's given her a hard time for that. Right. No audiences are really like, you know, in, in Breaking Bad, what was uh, Walter White's wife? Skyler. Skyler. Everybody piled on Skyler, but she was like, you know, she was doing what she's supposed to do as a parent. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, and, and, and I don't think it was as would have been as harsh if the OC was airing now about the hate on Kirsten, you know, yeah. it would have been probably a little bit more tempered, but um, you know, she is forcing the issue and, and causing Ryan to have to go into juvenile detention, right? He's, he's being held until he can find a foster family and <clears throat> Sandy goes to visit him. Cause, cause, we, cause this is the, this is post them burning the house down. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in, he's in, he's in juvenile prison for, for burning this model home down last, last episode. Yeah. And we're right. We are trying not to just recap the episodes, but the thing that was really kind of like a little bit on the head for me was obviously we've got an immediate villain in the juvenile detention center. Some guy that just chooses to have a problem with Ryan, which is established when Sandy leaves. And then we've got the scene in the cafeteria where, you know, he's getting attacked for no reason. And we're, we're representing to the audience that this place is not a place where we want Ryan to be. I mean, our boy, Ryan, he does, does not belong there. And he's going to, he's going to turn from the kid with a heart of gold to just some calloused young, you know, man, if, if he has to stay there for too long. And so, um, you know, uh, what's his, Seth is moping in his room and he's going to escape to go visit Ryan. And, and we, we see for the first time kind of the other life of Kirsten when the noopsies show up and we see that she, even though she kind of belongs in this community, she doesn't quite belong with these women the same way that, you know, she may have been the, the one to say we cannot keep Ryan, but she's also not as shallow as the women showing mm-hmm. up to her house. We see that she's caught in between these two worlds, one where they want to, you know, bring in this young man who's a, you know, a, a, a criminal uh, offender, but also on the other hand, like she doesn't quite belong with them either, but she's kind of you know, running this charity event with them. So where does she belong? Where, where is she going to choose to go you know and she she's taking this break and she sees Seth trying to escape even though he's grounded and I thought it was really I had completely forgotten when he said I'm going to visit Ryan she said you can't do that and you know he gets upset and she said what do you want from me for him to say I want you to come with me I was yeah. like oh shit it's a great line you know, like, yeah no 15 16 year old would ever have that wisdom you know 
But here he goes. So she's going to go with him and she goes and it's almost laughable how uncomfortable she is there. Right. And it just so happens that the villain in Juvie is like accosting her and it causes a scene and they have to leave. And that's what wakes her up to realizing we can't keep we can't leave him there. Well, but my my own consternation about getting Ryan settled is not over yet. Right. You can go. Go ahead. Well, the the scene where where they're visiting Ryan and the, the villain guy is in the room with them and he's saying some derogatory things to, to Kirsten and and eventually Ryan just puts the guy up against the wall you know and yeah, like yeah, yeah. she he and he knows he's gonna get his ass beat this dude's already like beating him up and he and, and you see Kirsten's eyes where she's scared for him but she also sees that like he's loyal you know he's standing up for her when he doesn't have to you know right. um and if anything, she would be the one that he would carry a resentment. Right. He he has a reason to resent her for not accepting him. And he shows that he's going to be loyal no matter what. And I think that's the that's the moment where, the, you know, the next thing we see is they're 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 taking him home, you know. Mm-hmm. But go, go ahead. What? Well, so, I mean, for me. You know, the whole first four episodes are this arc about getting Ryan settled, right? And this third episode, he they say, okay, they're going to bring him home, and then you think, oh, all is well. You know, we're going to get the the show's conceit. We're finally going to get there. Ryan's going to become a part of the Cohen family, and everything's going to be okay. But oh no 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 no! You know, Kirsten goes and finds Ryan's mom, and and Ryan's mom shows up, and Ryan. is naturally upset his mom left him a note and he even says to her you left me a note yeah. and on my heart breaks and i think gosh yeah. well, how's, how's ryan's mom gonna mess this up but she claims that she's been sober for what three days three days yeah, three days. yeah. I mean, he's aj's out of the picture i've been sober for three days i don't do that so here we have the hope right that ryan's uneasy we can see he's uneasy but they go shopping and you know, turning over a new leaf and, oh, we've got, I love the fact that like Kirsten says, like when they, she invites them to casino night and Ryan's mom says, well, I don't have anything to wear. She says, oh, we'll get you some. Like, yeah, I've got an extra ball gown that'll fit you <laughs> right. in my closet. Of course, yeah. you know. So, so the whole episode is really leading up to this. Like you come into the episode thinking that it's going to be yet another push pull of Ryan entering the system right will he won't he and then you are relieved when he is pulled out but then all of a sudden stressed out all over again because ryan's mom shows up and we think he's not yet safe he's not yet secure he's still in limbo is, is his mother going to work out is it not going to work yeah, out how's, how's she going to ruin this and is she going to take him away and ruin it or is he she going to ruin it here and he's going to stay you know exactly so. yeah so we, we we go to the casino night and it's just it's just a great bit of filmmaking where we've got Ryan's mom who is at home in a gambling environment. Like she says, right? Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take these people for all their worth or something like that. Right. She, she knows her way around a gambling table, but is she going to stay sober? Right. Ryan's there, but he, there was some tension with Luke earlier, right. When they were setting up the casino night and how's it going to go with Ryan tonight? Is he going to be keeping an eye on his mom? And then, you know, because at this point, Luke is, is, you know, he knows something's fishy between Marissa and, and, Ryan, even though nothing's happened. Oh, that's right. That was the jealous of this. That was the drama. Yeah. We have the love triangle mm -hmm. playing out there, right? Where, you know, 
it wasn't obvious that Marissa chose Luke, but Ryan's going to do the right thing on Marissa's behalf because he's got this burgeoning love for her and he wants her to be happy. So he tells Luke, she chose you. And he has right? this code of honor, you know, so he, t- he specifically tells Luke, she chose you. I'm out of the picture. Yep. And which uh, a lie. Uh, right. But I mean, I think it, it, he's, he's endeavoring to make that happen, you know? Of course. Yeah, of course. And, and um, Seth and Summer are in the same room at the same time. Yeah. And Seth had seen Summer in a bra yeah. earlier. Yeah. Tate Donovan let him in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so Seth is coming out of his shell a little bit. He's gone from never speaking to Marissa ever yeah. to like yeah. now they're friendly they're and he's comfortable enough there that he's going to make a couple of wisecracks with Summer to try and break the ice a little bit, even though she has nothing to do with him. We've got a uh, what else do we have going on at the game at the casino night? Oh, we have Julie Cooper beginning to show her true colors. Oh my goodness. The moment of the whole episode was Julie Cooper spreading these filthy slanderous things about Ryan and where he comes from and Chino and all this at the coffee shop yeah. where Sandy just happens to be working and Sandy gangster that he is walking over and saying, well, you're from Riverside, aren't you, Julie? Right in front of her friend. Right. And which is a shocking thing because Riverside is very similar to Chino. Um, yeah. and, and and Sandy does the baller move of just sticking his hand in her muffin. She's she bought this muffin and he just grabs a piece of the muffin and says, oh, thank you for the muffin. He eats a part <laughs> of the muffin. He just grabs it. And Julie's face just melts. And then and and then Julie exacts her revenge later at the party when she is find found out that that oh, that God. they've loaned this money to to take Donovan's character. And she springs it on Sandy, who does not know. And she revels in how vicious and, 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 you know, venomous that is. And that's, it's why she's, I forgot how much I love her as a villain. Like Jackie's like, I hate her. And I'm like, yeah, but you're supposed to hate her. She's so good as the villain though. You know, she's so good. She's so spiteful. And, and it, it later on they give her more depth too, but she is so like just conniving and she's so much like the, the, the wicked stepmother character in a fairy tale, you know? Yeah, I mean, they do give her motivation later, but here on the face of it, always it's like she's she's spreading this fear mongering, right? Yeah. She's like early days Fox News. Like we don't know this kid; they're bringing this kid into our neighborhood, mm-hmm. our community. You know, he's such a threat. In reality, he's not, but but it's plausible. It's untrue, but it's plausible, right? Yep. Oh man, it's so rich. The yeah. text. <laughs> it's the great the subtext the great and then you know eventually we have the we have the 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 crescendo of ryan's mother gets drunk we knew oh. it was going to happen she gets mm. drunk um and she's you know fought, what she ordered uh seven and seven yeah she and her son they have the I same know, order because ryan ordered that at the same uh say at the that party in the the pilot episode uh, that's in the i'm looking at i found out imdb has trivia for each episode yeah, and that's the that's the trivia for this one. Oh, really? That, that he ordered a that she ordered a seven seven. Which did is they right. did they talk about? Um, there's a thing I noticed now. This is like really in baseball. I think Rachel Bilson has tattoos. Really? And yeah, like I saw a tattoo on her shoulder in that scene where he shows up, where Seth shows up at the house. And I don't think she has tattoos. Like I don't think Summer has tattoos, but I think Rachel Bilson has. Tattoos. 
Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I didn't, I, it doesn't say anything about that here, but okay. I'll have okay. to keep an eye out. Though. In the same way that I keep out for the length of uh, Kirsten's hair, I will pay attention to. Yeah, let's add it to the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Ryan's mom falls off the wagon and is drunk and falling down, and um, everybody's shocked, of course, and you know, Ryan's like mortified because it's like, well, these people think that we're trash and now she's acting like trash. Right. Um, and Luke has another step up moment where he, he could have been an asshole and he steps up. He, he helps Ryan's mom up off the floor. Yeah. He goes out there to help her up to like lessen her embarrassment. And it just shows you that like Luke has like a conscience and like Luke has a code of honor too. I think that's why it's interesting seeing him and Ryan kind of butt heads. Cause they both have a, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they, like I said, they both have a code of honor. They've, you know? they've, they've got an internal compass. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, yeah. And so then we set up Ryan's mom leaves in the end and we're setting up, you know, Ryan's here to stay. And I think that the next episode kind of finishes this arc. I think these first four episodes, like I said, were like together, almost like a pilot. Because I think they aired and then it went on a break for a while for some reason. I don't know if it was Writer's Strike or something, and then it came back. And well, I believe it right. was the first I, four episodes. It can't be forever, but I really do. I mean, like, I relish the the angst of just, get, let's get him settled. I just want to get him settled. Yeah. You know, like, I want to plow through these episodes just to get to the good stuff, you know, which is yeah. now now Ryan's there. Now it's the true fish out of water story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm excited about, well, I don't want to... We're not going to spoil any future episodes, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much of a spoiler to say Ryan's going to stay. Obviously, it's a whole fucking show about it. Right. You know what I mean? But there was but, a moment here too when, just like in the in the the pilot, where I thought he was going to leave with his mom. And I, I didn't. Yep. I re- did not remember her coming back this soon. I thought she came back in like season two or something. I so, I think she does eventually come back again. Yeah. But this is uh yeah this was like. I knew there was some other reason why season or episode three was going to be more of a delay. And, but I forgot that it was her. And then when she showed up, I was like, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And yeah. I, I had forgotten that he was in jail, like jail, jail again. I didn't realize that he was actually like in, you know, in the beginning of the episode, he's and Luke, I, yeah, Luke gets just, out because of his, you know, his, he's got a family to take him in. I mean, his family, I, I couldn't help but cackle it. Kirsten's horror. She didn't even sit down at the table when she <laughs> yeah. was just so aghast yeah. to be in this environment. Yeah. She was, you know, just it's kind of like a Karen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> she that's what she she's she's being pulled into Karenness by the noopsies, but she's got a stronger constitution than that and she's resisting it. Yeah, their whole family. I read this one of the trivia points of the pilot was the um, Peter Gallagher took the role because he said that he thought it was like a really good story for post 9-11 America because obviously yeah. it was just a couple years after that because he said that in a in a world where it's so like outsiders are wrong and you're not supposed to be you know communities are pulling their pulling the wagons together he thought it was really interesting that this family is kind of stuck in this this place where people don't accept them but they don't get jaded and they're still funny and they keep their sense of humor and they don't turn into the people around them, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that's why he took it based on the strength of the pilot too. Um, and Jason Schwartz is the guy that wrote the series and he was only 26 years old when he wrote it. I thought it was McG. No, McG, uh, was basically the producer on it. So McG oh, okay. came to Jason Schwartz and was like, Hey, 
I think that I grew up in Orange County. It would be a great thing for a show. They wanted him to make like a detective show or something. He's like, well, I don't know anything about that. But I gr- he went to college in Orange County. And he's like, I know some of these people from here. And I could write characters about them. So he did that. He wrote the, the, pilot, ep- the pilot script. He said he wrote in his underwear. And he <laughs> thought nothing would come of it. And it was like, it's super revered amongst production people that it's like one of the best pilots ever written, you know? Yeah. So that yeah, was interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's heavy on Jason Schwartz and I, I don't know what Jason Schwartz has gone on to do. Um, I should probably know that. And we'll, we'll probably learn more about that as we do some more research, but yeah, he's pretty young when he, when he wrote it and Mick G was supposed to direct the pilot, but he, I think he, I think he directed these, these other couple episodes because so. he was doing Charlie's Angels or whatever yeah the second Charlie's Angels movie I guess but anyway that was an in-depth look at uh, the OC season one episode three the gamble we'll be watching episode four next week I can't I'm just along. tonight is going to be an exercise in resisting watching it immediately see I've been waiting because I want it I want it to be fresh when I talk about it right. but I'm really yeah. bad about remembering story points and stuff so I watched it. I thought oh, I'm sure we forgot. I watched something. it Wednesday, but right. yeah, I'll probably I'll, I'll try and wait. I'll try. And no, wait. you don't have to. You don't have to. But I just for me personally, I forget stuff like that. So I wanted to bring up. And it's just yeah. a great episode, and I hope, I hope the next episode's good too. And the music continues to be fantastic. So wonderful. Yeah, and I'll keep bringing up this trivia. I'll keep, I'll I'll look at the trivia on IMDb for each episode each week, and that'll give us some stuff just just like the oc develops over the first four episodes so will our discussion so yeah so will oc talk with joey and groove <laughs> hopefully ninja t still watching shout out to ninja t i think he is <clears throat> yeah we didn't get i haven't talked to him this week he's been quiet i don't know laying well, low we'll find out yeah ninja t check in with us check in yeah. All right. That's uh. I guess that's our show for the week. Got anything else, Groove? I'm all good. That's that's good episode. Good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll yes. Decide. What? We'll let the fans decide. Okay. Um. Fuck that. Yeah. You can uh. You can check out our shitty website at iolts.com. Um. And uh, you can find the podcast wherever podcasts are found, like Spotify. But probably not Apple. Probably not. We still don't. I still don't know if it's on Apple or not. But fuck, fuck Apple. You you want it on Apple? You get it on there. <laughs> you don't know how to do that. <laughs> All right, we out. See you next time. Have a good night.